into Christmas here in about a week, I think, or so. Uh, so that's going to happen. Um, and we're going to be doing some things to help the community. Um, uh, so we're going to do some things to help give. How many knows that God wants us to help? And uh, so we're going to be doing some things. We'll probably be adopting some families and that kind of thing uh, to help them for Christmas. Um, so that's coming up. We're also going to give uh, internationally or, you know, to uh, another uh, organization that will help children uh, in another country just get shoes and things just so they don't get their feet cut and, and get infection. And, and so we'll help with that. But we'll let you know all of those things as we just get those before you in, in December. Uh, I wanted to tell you I've talked about a new series I'm going to do. I said I was going to do it in December. I'm going to wait and do it in January. Number one, it's going to take me some time to build this the way, and it's going to take me some time to find costumes. <laughs> hey, if we're going to talk about the Force and use the Force and i got to do Star Wars stuff, we've got to find some costumes that are cool. So uh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, and we need to do that. Plus, you know, with this holiday, we're going to do some, some things themed around the holiday this year. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great time in December. So just hang on. January, we're going to just blow the doors wide open as, as we're believing God for a great year. And it's going to be just a good time. Church is growing, and we're excited about what God is doing. And, and you know, we're in the process of saying, okay, God, from here, where, do we go, where are we going to go? How, you know, what's the time frame? What do you want us to look for? And so uh, we are starting to grow our vision account and, and uh, believing God for great things um, and that we could pay cash for and do th- the things God wants us to do. Well, we're going to talk this morning about agreement. We talked uh, last week or the last two weeks uh, about that. We're going to kind of finish that up today. And what to check for is, if, say, if it's leaking. That's why I said I want to be steady, Eddie, not leaky deaky. What to check for if it isn't working. Now, I didn't see, send this to the media team, so I wanted to start out with this, this I just added. Um, I love this in Joshua. Uh, Joshua, you re, if you remember, took over after Moses. So, you know, Moses was the stud of a leader. Come on, you know, Moses is, I mean, he's taken all these people out of bondage and, and going to lead them into the promised land. And so Joshua is uh, taken over after Moses. And Joshua 1, 9, and 11, and again, they don't have this back in the back unless they throw it up. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Anybody in here ever get discouraged? Okay. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So, you know, as I'm studying this and I'm thinking about agreement, this is pretty cool because you're going to see in the points I give you today, this is actually falls right in line with that. God's presence in what you're dealing with, whether it's leaking or not, what, what you're, I want to be in agreement with God. How many want to be in agreement with God? His presence is guaranteed, but your personal experience of that presence and promise is optional. Think about what I just said. His presence is guaranteed. He'll never leave you or forsake you, but your personal experience of the goodness of that is optional because it's about your belief system. A lot of times we choose to settle before we've fully possessed the promise. We'll just, this is part of it, let's just stop here. Joshua stands in chapter 1 as the Lord encourages him to be bold and keep his confidence as he leads Israel into the promised land. And he's reminding Joshua that he stood outside that promised land 40 years before that. Think about that. This isn't the first time. Joshua was already there, and he was one that said, hey, we can take these guys. 
But you see, there was a leak. The Bible gives a recording of the report the men brought back. It says in Numbers 13, 31, 32, and again, the media team doesn't have this. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. So let me just say, what report have you gotten? What mountain is in front of you? What are you in agreement to get moved? Let's just be honest. The spies are not, they're not really fabricating much. They're probably telling things the way they saw it. But it is their experience on their perspective of what they believe to happen. The enemy was bigger. They were stronger. They couldn't do that on their own. But see, Joshua had something that the other spies had not figured out. He had something that they had forgotten. Sometimes I think we get wore out by life because we have been in agreement about something and it's just been too stinking long. And they forgot something that Joshua kept. They were not on their own. They had carried the promise of God's presence and God's presence guarantees if you have his presence, it guarantees his power. And his power guarantees that you will win. You'll prevail. So no matter what you're going through, you have the same promise of God's presence. No matter what that mountain looks like that you've been in agreement, I need that to move. You have to understand. You're going to have to make sure that you understand, God, where do you want me to stand on this? Because when I've done all I can do, let me stand and let me believe your promise and let me have that perspective. Really, as because we're believers in Jesus, we even have a better promise. Not only is God with you, that now Jesus lives in you. Come on, somebody. you got the living God inside of you and his spirit that is at your availability to give you wisdom and guidance. Say amen to that. Get in agreement with what God is saying about what, what is happening in your life and start believing God. The way Joshua did. So Matthew 18, 19, we're getting started on this agreement thing uh, if it's not working. So again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew 18, 19. The prayer of agreement is one of the most powerful tools. If you're looking in your heavenly toolbox, that's an incredible tool to pull out. It's the prayer that Jesus himself guaranteed would bring results every time. Bump your neighbor and say, every time. It's especially powerful in marriages. When a husband and wife come into agreement about something, it's very powerful. When believers come into agreement with other believers about certain things, or you become uh, in agreement with God what his word says, there's power. When you agree with God, you have power. There's power in the word of God. But a lot of times, we don't see the results that we want right away because we have in our mind the way things should happen, the way it should go down. Maybe you've prayed with somebody, maybe it's your spouse or maybe a friend or maybe it's you standing in agreement, but you're needing finances or, or I need this child to come back to you. I need something to happen. Nothing appears to be happening. God, I've, I've prayed, I'm wore out. What happens then? I want you to look that there could be possibly a leak in four areas. Now, I'm not saying that 
there's nothing, there's anything wrong with you. I don't want you to feel condemnation because the enemy would try to take something like this and your perspective would be, now I feel really bad. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate that. This is not to make you feel bad. This is to show you if you have a leak, you might not have caused the leak. You ever bought a house and you didn't know until something happened? You're like, oh, great. They did that wrong. Now, I know some of you could say amen to that. I wish they had did this right, or I didn't know this would happen, or it just, after time, it needed replaced. You needed to fix something. You didn't do anything. It's just something that needed to, to go to another level, so to speak. We had a freezer one time that when it was given to us, it was over 15 years old. We had it. I don't know how long we had it. We had a long time. Maybe it was 20 years old. But I think that came over with Noah on the ark or something. And it finally gave up the ghost. You know, so it's, I didn't do anything wrong. Just, you know, just finally, it wasn't geared to, to live 30 years, I guess. So anyway, here's our first point. I want you to check. So if, if something's like, ah, oh, man, this is just, so here's something you can look at. Now, now listen to me real quick. You don't have to be perfect. I'm not asking you to be perfect because you're people. I'm not perfect. You know, there's no church in, in these United States or this world that's perfect. You can go to Joel Osteen's church. I'm sure it's a great church. 30,000 people, woohoo! But I'm telling you, it's not perfect because people go there and people aren't perfect. But thank God we have a perfect God. So just understand, this isn't anything to slam you. This is just something to check, okay? This is if your check engine light comes on, you're just gonna check what's the matter. All right, number one, check for strife. Check for strife. The word agree in Matthew 18, 19 can also be translated to harmonize or to make a symphony. Have you ever been anywhere where there's been a band, even if it's in high school or whatever, and they're going to put on a play or there's an orchestra and everybody's tuning up at the same time? All of these sounds and it just sounds like, ah, but when they finally get into the group, when they finally play the song and everybody does their part, it sounds incredible. They harmonize. Sometimes that's, that's true in prayer. Believers agreeing together in the Holy Spirit are powerful. They're an unstoppable force. And sometimes in the beginning, we're praying for one thing and the other's praying for the other. And we don't really realize how much it would be if we would just pray together. If we would just agree together. My wife's one of her favorite phrases is, let's get on the same page. Now, I'm a guy. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear that anymore. Because I want to be on her page. Sometimes her page is too long. Too many paragraphs on that page. And all the guys said, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, don't say it too loud, because if she's sitting beside you, you're going to get an elbow. Well, don't you do. Don't agree to him. <laughs> but if we're agreeing together in the Holy Spirit, there's a powerful, unstoppable force. Things begin to happen In the unseen realm. Do you realize that it is the spiritual realm that it doesn't happen in the natural realm till it really happens in the spiritual realm? Are you with me? It's going to happen in the spiritual realm and then it'll manifest itself in the natural realm. We have to see. That's why believers, why we have to use our faith because it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 
We have to use our faith because you are calling things that are not as though they are, is what Romans says. So you're bringing things in that you only see in the spirit before, before they show up in the natural. You've already called them in. So when they show up, we shouldn't be surprised. I was praying for a motorcycle. I wanted to be Fonzie. Hey. And she said, don't pray for a motorcycle. And I said, I want one. And she said, no, you don't. And I said, why? And I said, you don't want me to have one. She said, let's get on the same page. I don't want you to have one. And I said, why? She said, because they're dangerous. And motorcycles are more dangerous than cars. And he, now, this is what, now, understand. Do I like motorcycles? I do. I had one before. But my brother-in-law, he's a motorcycle. He, he's had some beautiful bikes. And he said a lot of times he came up to me, didn't even know that we were talking about this, and except that he knew that, I, boy, I'd like to get me a motorcycle sometime. And he said, you know, you gotta be, you got to be ready because... Guys your age, not sure what that meant. I mean, guys my age, 30, you know. <laughs> guys your age, yeah, thank you. Well, this is what happens. He said, you know, they're not, they're not watching. They kind of think that they can do everything they did when they were another age. And so sometimes there's a lot of recorded more accidents because they're not being as aware. So he, what he was trying to tell me is, I love you. You can do that, but you're going to have to make sure that you're very conscious of, of what you're doing. And he was probably agreeing with her. You don't need a motorcycle. So, you know, what I'm saying to her is, you know, if I looked at my want, I don't have to have a motorcycle. It's not like a driving force in me. What I would rather have is, is her happy. It's not like, oh, I will have one. Oh, I will. Because it wasn't that way. So I just said, you know what, because this is why. Now, listen to me. Here's why she said, I'm not in agreement with it. Because she, if she got in agreement with it, she knows, just like I do, a motorcycle would be at my house. Somehow, some way, I would end up with a motorcycle. So she said, I'm not in agreement with that. Because she's like, I'm severing that mountain right now. We're not getting into that agreement. So I just said, okay, so we're agreeing for something else. And she said, okay, I'm good with that. But that is one of the reasons, because the Holy Spirit in you is so powerful to agree, that the enemy fights you so much, whether it's in a spouse or a friendship or, or just harmony in your home, whether you live single or whatever. He wants to get strife in your home. He knows it will hinder your prayers. First Peter 3, 7, Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, it works both ways, but you don't want your prayers hindered. If I'm going to pray, I, I want to believe that it's answered according to the word, not hindered because I'm in strife. Are you okay? Here's number two today. You have to believe God's word. The prayer of agreement should be based on the word. So you're going to have to believe the word. What do you have that's your foundation? What are you backing up that you're believing in agreement with according to the word of God that is going to be something to stand on? If you back it up with the word of God, you cannot lose. I'm going to say it one more time. If you back it up with the word of God, you cannot lose. Faith is getting God's will out here on the earth. So I'm going to find a word that is dealing with the things I'm believing God, what he says about me. I'm not trying to manipulate God. God's already said it. It's already done. I'm going to get in agreement with God. I lost you. 
I'm not trying to make my own agenda and say, oh, here's my loophole. I can make God do this. Please. God has to do what his word says. What I'm going to do is say this, Father, not my will, but your will. What you want for me, that's what I want. And I'm going to find a word that if my wife told you, it's not steal, kill, and destroy. That's not what he wants for you. That's the enemy's plan. Our plan is to destroy the works of the enemy and get God's will out here on the earth so people will get to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that none would perish. That's what he wants, and he wants health for you. He wants prosperity for you. He wants you to live a good life. So I'm going to line myself up. I'm going to get God's word on what he says. Revelation 12:11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That particular phrase, blood of the lamb, means you're in covenant because of what Jesus did on the cross. So I'm going to, I've already a covenant, so I, I can now accept all of those promises in Deuteronomy from what Abraham had. I'm blessed when I go in. I'm blessed when I come out. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed out. I'm blessed in my house. I'm blessed. Those are yours. So I can receive those because of that covenant. Now I'm going to find a word that I can use and I can stand on to believe what God says. Here's number three. Once I find that word... I'm going to fix my mind on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to fix my mind on it. Well, back in the day of Bible school and of, uh, I don't know what they were. Yeah, I always had to memorize scripture and Bible trivia and all that stuff. We would memorize scripture. And some kids could put you to shame. You could be, you know, you could be a teacher and some kid has learned the whole New Testament or something and be like, okay, well, go ahead and teach that class on because they're just good. I mean, kids, love, they, they like competition. They like doing that. What I'm saying is they fix their mind on something. Fix your mind on that word. Because when you're, what mountain is in front of you, that's what you're looking at. Every day when you look out, that's what you're looking at. So now you've got to see that mountain gone. What would it look like from a different viewpoint? Isn't it cool if you go on vacation, sometimes view is like you'll be looking, you know, we went to Michigan and you know, we could look out and see the lake, and we went to uh, Petoskey, and Petoskey, I think it's Lake Michigan, that it just nestled in there, and it's just gorgeous. That view is just amazing, and we'd come up, now, of all things, we're coming from some real spiritual place called Walmart <laughs> in Petoskey, Michigan, and then there's this beautiful lake, Michigan, and then, you know, all of the, the houses that are lined around that and going into the town where, I mean, the girls in the car are just like, oh. Look at that view. What would it be if the mountain wasn't in front of your view? Have you ever been to a movie theater and somebody sits in front of you with a big head or a big hat? And you just like, no. You know, you're sitting right there, you're waiting, you've got a great seat, and then somebody comes over with a big melon head and sits right in front of you. And you're just like, are you kidding me? And you're like this the whole time. What would it be? God love them if they moved their melon hood head three seats over and you could see the screen. You would almost like, I can enjoy the picture. But until that happens, or unless you move or they move, you get frustrated. You can't enjoy the movie because the whole time you're upset about what's in front of you. Am I right about it? So listen to me. That mountain's going to stay there till you fix your mind on the word. 
You're going to have to fix it. What is that word that God has given you to begin to move that mountain? You've got to soak your mind in it. Keep it before your eyes. Put it on a post-it note. Stick it on the dash of your car. Put it on your mirror so when you're shaving, for guys, okay? <laughs> put it on your mirror and, and, and say it out loud. And, and put it in your wall. Ladies, put it in your purse. Every time that mountain comes in front of you, every time that thought comes in front of you, yank that puppy out and say, it is written, I will not. God, by your word, this says this. And you begin to declare it out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17. When the devil tells you something that's contrary to the word, then you're going to need to speak. Uh Uh-uh, not doing that. I'm going to speak. You know why? Let me tell you why. Because people say, is it really that important that you talk? Yes, it is. Because he can't hear your thoughts. God knows your thoughts. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. He knows your actions. The devil is just an angel fallen. God is omniscient. He knows what you're thinking. He's omnipresent. He can be here. He can be there. The enemy does not have that ability. So that's why faith without works is dead because you can sit and think it all the time. That's like if I would tell her at Christmas, I was going to get you a whole lot of stuff, but I didn't. But I thought about it, and it's the thought that counts. That would work out really well, wouldn't it? Probably not. She doesn't ask for anything like that, but I'm just saying, if you're thinking, it's going to follow that with action if the thought is God-centered. But soak your mind in it. Fix your mind on it. Speak it out when that thought that comes different from the word of God, then speak out that word that you're basing your foundation on. You need to bring every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of who? Of Christ. In other words, when you take it captive, I'm giving it to Jesus. You you can do with it what you want, but you're my number one thought, Jesus. I'm taking your word. you got to hear what I'm saying because instead of basing your faith on an action, let me give you an example. The Bible says, call forth the elders of the church. They can anoint their head with oil and you, you know, you can be healed. People can base their faith on the action of, well, I can't get healed unless I call the elders of the church and they anoint my head and, and they pray for me. That's how I'm going to get healed. No, because your faith is misplaced. Your faith should be not in the action of that, but because the word says to do that. We need to understand we have to base this on the word. Now, that seems like a very little deal, but some of us have based things on, well, I have to do this. Yeah, you can do that, and that's good, but let's do it for the right reason. Let's not base our faith on our action. Let's base our faith on the word. And because we base it on the word, we act accordingly. In church, we think this, and you can probably all tell, there'll be people say, I'm not coming to church until I get my life right. That's, that's backwards. Because until you find God, you won't get your life right. Did you, you understand the difference? It is God that will get your life right when you base your life on, on God's word and, and then doing what his word says, then your life gets right. And we try to do these things to get it right. In, in Michigan, where we went on vacation, there is uh, the largest, world's largest wooden crucifix. It's ginormous. You can Google it. Indian River, Michigan. 
It's ginormous. The figure on it is seven or 14 tons. I mean, you look like this standing. I mean, it's just like, ooh. It's a Catholic shrine outside. And, and you know, there's places when to go up. You can go clear up to the crucifix. And there's places where you can go up to it on your knees. And I'm not, a, I'm not here to bash anybody. But what I'm saying is, you know, there's people that they, they have to travel that on their knees because that's what they believe. I thank God that he traveled it for me. I'm just, you know, I'm just marveling at how huge it is. But it is what he did on that cross that I base my faith on what Jesus Mal said just a couple weeks ago, she said, we need to Philippians 4-8 that. And that sounds kind of funny, 4-8 it. I 4-8 it. Almost sounds like you're a little kid. Did you eat your, your uh, spaghetti? I 4-8 it. <laughs> Philippians 4-8 says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, uh, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think about the things that are good. Brett, I messed up today. Okay, fix it. Get it under the blood and then meditate on the things of God. Find some word and meditate on that. Things that will up your spirit, lift you, help you. Now here's number four, and it's a big one. And this is one that's harder. It's not hard to do. It's harder sometimes for us to believe to do it. Act as if it's done. We've said it before, like speak the end result when you're believing in faith. But act as if it's done. And this is where a lot of people miss this. You've got to act on your faith. I, you know, just a little by note here. In just a few days, my wife's going to have a birthday. 25. And I'm 30. Okay, we're not. We got married when we were six. No. <laughs> she looks like she's 25. Uh, but anyway, um, she told me something that really radically changed. It, it, you know, it really, let me just say this, got me on the same page. I didn't expect it. I've been, you ever been ticked? You know, because I told Pastor Gary, we, we've had a lot of stuff happen to us in this last couple months. Stuff I, I, I don't like. I mean, just like, where in the world is this coming from? Lot, now, my freezer you already know is gone. That was gone a long time ago. Lost my refrigerator. These are the casualties of war. Lost my refrigerator. Lost my oven. Lost my microwave. Lost my coffee maker. My car's in the shop. And, and what they said was going to be covered their... You know, I'm just, what I'm saying is this. Oh, dear Lord. So my day is not, oh, it's a happy day, one, two. I want to, you know, I, I want to be that way. But, you know, it, it just, ever sometimes it just hits you at the wrong time. See, this is sometimes your perception of nothing ever like that happens to Brett. I beg to differ with you. We put our pants on the same way, one leg at a time. So what I have to figure out is, okay, God, God, you did not do this because you did not steal. You don't kill and you don't destroy. This has been an attack from the enemy. So I'm looking at these things just as if I'm sitting there and somebody else is telling me. So listen to me. Now I have to do what my wife told me. She said, if you believe 
what you say, if you believe what your faith is telling you, if you believe what that word says, if you believe that, then you will act different. Because I wasn't acting different. Oh, God, thank you for being my provider. Thank you, God, for taking care of all this. I just thank you. Amen. (laughs) What are we going to do? That's almost like, you know, I'm just playing a song. I mean, did I really even, I just wasted my time. Because I really didn't believe it. She said, if you believe he will provide that, you believe he will do that, then we would actually, if we really believe that, we wouldn't act the same. And I don't know where that leaves you, but that smacked me right between the eyeballs. I left the kitchen table that day, and I had a mind full of thought. I'm like, she's right. Now, as much sometimes as for us guys to admit our wives are right, but she is actually right a lot of times. So, I mean, but just like, oh, man, it just, I mean, it changed me. It, it, it affected me to the point where I'm like, that's absolutely right. And then I thought, oh, and for me, if I'm giving the enemy that kind of leeway, oh, no, oh, no. That little word from her that I believe God breathed in her that she shared with me, that was a game changer. You have to act as if it's already done. Believe that's right. How many times did Jesus say your faith? He didn't say, this is God's will. This is, he didn't even say that. He didn't say my faith. He said your faith. You have to believe. Do you really believe it? And again, remember, last week I'm talking about agreement. The enemy knows that God knows what he said, and he knows that it's true. But it doesn't work if you don't believe it. He's after what your words say. What do you believe? I say speak the desired and end result. Speak what you just agreed on. Refuse to act like the issue is a problem anymore. Act on what you believe is true, not to the circumstances. Somebody asks you about it. Now listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to say something, you know, and I'm not going to be ultra spiritual. Sometimes almost like, sometimes that's a little too thick for me. How about you? Maybe not. Okay. But sometimes I just like real, don't you? I mean, I just want real. I mean, it's okay if you're ultra spiritual. I get it, I guess. But, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, glory to God. I just got goosebumps all over me. It's just God. It's amazing I can even walk because of the glory. No, I'm not doing that. So if somebody says, hey, you know, because we have people, we got a loaner car right now. Well, what happened to your car? I wrote this down. I might say this. Well, that issue's handled. God and I, uh, we came into agreement. My wife and I came to agreement with what God said about it. And we agreed in prayer, and he's honoring our agreement. So as far as we're concerned, our car's fixed. That problem is solved. You see, we want those gifts. We want God to operate in our life. We want those things. But I'm telling you, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm, I, there's parts where I'm just like, ah. Oh, because, you know, sometimes I'll start wiping my head like, okay, God, how are you going to do that? Almost like I'm wringing my hands. Okay, this is too much. But to God, it's not too much because he either is God or he's not. You see, it's just my capability of my belief system. But if I open myself up to say, God, you know what? I can't contain it, but if I can contain you, you can contain everything. Did you understand that? Because if I'm going to just whine and complain, what happens if I... Sometimes we pray for stuff and we get what we prayed for in a bad way. Be careful what you pray for. Because agreement can work on the other side. 
The Israelites wanted this, and they got it to them, and the Bible says God granted their request and gave them leanness of soul. Now, I like being leaner, but not in my soul department. Believe God. Use your faith. Exercise your faith. Everything in the kingdom works by faith. Brett, I'm frustrated. Sometimes we get more frustrated and we want to fight that. I'm going to give you just a better way to fight frustration. I just found this the other day and I, I liked it. 2 Corinthians 12, 8, 9. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Sometimes we get frustrated, and I think sometimes we fight frustration the wrong way. We blame God for a lot of things, but the enemy is always going to try to frustrate you. I'm going to say this, and I want you to hear how I'm going to say it. So I want you to don't shut me out yet. Sometimes if you're frustrated, make friends with it. Brett, make friends with my frustration? Listen to me. How many knows that God can take crooked things and make them straight? What the enemy meant for harm, God will use for good. So our perspective on on things, it doesn't mean I want to make friends like I want to buddy up with it. But I'm going to say, with Christ, all things are possible to him that believes. I can do all things through Christ who lives in me. So what I'm saying is that I'm going to say, God, whatever this is, show me how I can beat this. How I could use this, how you could use this to help me. Sometimes you ever just get frustrated. If you're frustrated enough, you'll finally do something about it. Do you ever think God just allows you to be frustrated so that you'll finally get off your keister and do something? You know, some of the very greatest people that have have been following God, they'll say, you know, situations that the enemy caused, it's what drove them to find God, and then they conquered everything because they found God. So what the enemy wanted to destroy, they actually used it to say, okay, God, I'm going to seek you more. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying be friends with stuff that frustrates you. What I'm saying is learn from whatever. God, what do you, is there anything that I need to see that you could reveal? That's what I'm saying. Paul asked the Lord three times to take it away, but it didn't go away. So it had to be frustrating, but his response he basically just said, you know, he embraced it. But what I'm, what I'm telling you is this. Show me, God. Reveal to me what I could learn from that. What the enemy, if the enemy's doing something, then show me the path that I can go around. I can attack him. I can use what he's doing. How many knows that God knows everything? Okay. Frustration is usually an indication that something needs to change. Sometimes we get frustrated. You get to a certain spot and you're like, 
we got to go to the next level. We got to go to the next level. We got to do, you know, just us in, in leading a church. We get to a certain spot and we're like, uh, you know, oh, we got to go to the next level. When we did uh, one service and we went to two services, we thought, oh, no, we can't do two services. Then we got really good, you know, two services and we had them too far apart. And people were like, we move them closer together. We, there's not enough time. And so then we finally, you know, we did move them closer together. We took 15 more minutes off and moved it in. And then you guys are so good, the Dream Team's so good, that now it's like a, an oiled machine. They just get it done. It's almost if we had 15 more minutes, we'd be out here playing ping pong. Because, oh, we got everything done. We don't have anything else. To, why? Because, you know, we, we're trying to find, God, what is that? So sometimes frustration can be used as a good thing because it's going to push you to the next level. If you're tired of what's been happening, Go to the next level. God can help teach you to grow. He can help teach you to grow. God may be giving you a new way to look at your problem and attack it from another angle. He may be saying, here's where the enemy's coming up. That's frustrating you. Let's go around. Let's do this and let's get him from behind. I mean, whatever the tactic is, God's going to see that you win. Just agree with God. The prayer of agreement's a powerful tool. If you're not seeing results, I'm just asking you, look at those four things. Start saying, all right, God. And, and sometimes it might just be a, a timing thing. You, you're doing everything. You don't see any strife or you don't see this or, or that or whatever the case is. You do have a word you're standing on. You are soaking your mind in it. You are in agreement. You are speaking that the end result. You're, you're acting on that. Okay, then, then your faith should be saying <laughs> any time now. Whenever God does it, there's less, you know, it could happen today because it didn't happen yesterday. So it could happen today. One less day. So then you just know it's going to happen. You just start looking for it. You, you let your faith do the, the walking and the talking. Amen? Would you bow your heads, please?